0: So we're back to Derech Hashem and what's what's, uh, important, um, what we begin to see is certain very, very fundamental ideas. The first idea which we see so far is that the choice in a person's life, there's only one of two paths, either you get eternity and you become close to God and you're attached to God, or well, you're annihilated, or well, you don't exist anymore. There was no in-between, you see. I, you know, I, I got a kick out of these people who think about eternal damnation, you know. You know uh, that, you, that you can actually do things which will eternally damn you, put you in Gehenna to be roasted, so to speak, for an infinite amount of time. You know what I'm saying? It's absurd when you think about that kind of idea. And there are religions that believe in eternal damnation. You know what I'm saying? You know. hey, think about that. An infinite amount of time is really a long time. Right? There is no sin. I don't care who it is. That the seriousness is so great that you could be eternally damned. Which means eternally roasted. You know, there's no such sin. You know, even Hitler Mach right? As grievous as his sin was, which is, we cannot even comprehend, you know, what, what, he, what he's going through now. You know, but even that act has an end. You know, it's not infinite. You know what I'm saying? So, the real concept is, there's only two choices. Either you exist in Ulim Habo, the future world, and you enjoy the tremendous attachment to God called Vekas or you're annihilated which means you cease to exist that's it there's no in between so now obviously what determines that uh, is your acts your deeds that's what determines obviously which way you're going to go nothing else determines it but your actions you know there is no such thing as predetermination. You know, there's, there's a, there's a uh, what's the name, Calvinism. You know, it's a Christian uh, denomination, you know, Calvinism, you know. He believed that you, there are people who are born that are determined to in animal. They couldn't do anything about it. You know, it's predetermined, you know. Uh, he believed that there was no free will and that there are people that are destined to go... To them, hell, whatever they call that place, right? And there are people destined to go to heaven. It's basically not your choice. You know, which of course is so anti-contrary to Judaism. The only thing that determines where you go is your acts, your actions. And that's it. You know, there is nothing else. <laughs> Nobody's out to get you, right? And there's no predetermination, you know, of where you're going to go. This whole thing is, this whole belief of that completely anti-logic and it's it's anti-judaism besides it says in the torah you will choose life so that automatic is a refutation anyway uh, so that's the deeds now the ramchal also uh posits a very important principle (coughs) that what the version does is he looks at the majority of your acts in your life uh, and that, have, as I mentioned, is both qualitative and quantitative. How many, right? Because this, uh, you, it's not only how many you did, but also the weight, you know, the, 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 the gravity of the sin itself. You know, so you may have done less sins, but what sins you did do were terrible, you see. So the Shem decides, he judges the uh, quantity and the quality of your deeds, in your lifetime and the majority determines that is the factor that's another principle which Ramchal laid down which is very very important that it is the majority okay that determines if the majority of your deeds we know right was good which is whatever good means then you are a member of ilm Habba. you will get the future (coughs) world If, however, the majority of your deeds are evil, in whatever way God determines that, right, then you will not get oilim haba, okay, and instead you will be annihilated, which means you will cease to exist. That's a sole determinant. However, the minority has to be dealt with, okay. So the majority is what gets you to be a member for oilim haba, but the minority has to be dealt with. If your majority is good deeds, but your minority is bad, then the bad has to be dealt with, because that's justice. It cannot be ignored. If your majority is evil, and you have a minority of good deeds, right, then that also cannot be ignored, because the guy can say, Hey, I, I, I did some good, and is there any person that was completely evil, that he has nothing in his life that was good? No. There's no such thing. It's impossible, in fact, you know. Like I said, you know, uh, if you ever want to take one of these Nazi guys, you know, and they fed their parakeet, you know, or if the guy listened to his mother, you know. Or, or any, any, even if a guy or somebody like you know, he's do me a favor. I need a little money for a bus. You know, he's okay. I'll lend you a dollar. You know, it's a good deed. Even though he's a Nazi, and later on it was he kills the you knows how Jews and so on, right? So therefore, what justice demands is that the minority must be addressed, even by an evil person, right? The minority of his deeds must be addressed, and therefore he must be rewarded in that sense for the minority good deeds that he's done
1: it's not so far-fetched i read an article that shows there's a dichotomy between what they're doing in the camps and then and then some of them even weren't nazis per se but they were supposedly civilians that helped the nazis all <clears> out and then went home and you know live normal lives where they could have done favors for neighbors yeah it's Meaning
0: that's, things like that happen, right? They yes. atrocities and they just went home. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Of course. So they
1: have to be. There are consequences for helping your neighbor.
0: Yes, of course. Nobody does completely all evil, and nobody's completely all good. Like it says, ain't Sadik a There's no such thing as a tzaddik, a righteous person, right, that does only good and doesn't sin. Everybody sinned. You see. In fact, there were only four people that are brought down that never sinned. Although it's very difficult to understand how that can be, but there were only four people. Okay, you know, uh, if I remember correctly, it was uh, um, Binyamin was one. Right, Yishai was two. Kolev, the son of David Melech, was three. I'm trying to remember number four.
2: David do- himself
0: had a brother, David had his brother. No, Yishai was one of them. And,
2: one of his sons,
0: and Kolev, who's the son of David. That's what I'm yeah, i do not you calling the fourth. But anyway, uh, they're the only—they're uh, the only ones that have done only—only <coughs> good, only good and never sinned, which is really astounding when you think about that. To go through a life and never sin—it's unheard of. Especially if you were
2: married.
3: Seems to me that God holds very righteous people to a higher standard. Yes, definitely. So, when you say qualitative, you know, like uh, in the Torah, Sarah is complaining about not having a child, and Abraham said, "What do you want from me? You know, I'm trying. You know, what? You know." Yeah, okay. And God was. Came really down on them for that
0: talking you know, necessarily like Yeah, that. oh yeah, sure. Yeah.
3: So you know
0: The real the reason for that is not because God wants to come down hard on them, you see. Because every time God deviates from justice, there is what's called Namadik Sufa. Then there is a shame. In other words, if he deviates from justice and he exercises mercy, right, to that extent, then the individual that God is deviating from justice will have an embarrassment in the future world for that deviation. That's Namadik Sufa, you see. Therefore the 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 only thing that can prevent bread of shame, which I talked about, right? Is exact justice. It means you must get exactly what you did, not more or less. But when God is merciful, then what that does is it increases the shame because he is merciful, right? Thank God for that, for the person. But really, once he deviates, then it's not measure for measure. In other words, the mercy has been introduced in this person's actions, so it's not measure for measure anymore. You see, God is now stepping back, and that means that person in the future world, right, will have bread of shame. There will be a certain amount of namadik sufa, as they say. Therefore, that Sadiq wants God to be exacting. Like it says, that God is exacting with Tzaddik. Like I hear his breath. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and so on. And therefore, they will not have any, any breath of shame because they will get exactly what they did. They will get as a reciprocity. You see? And that's why. So, so they really want that. A guy today where
3: the wife can't bear children. And the husband goes, what do you want from me? We're trying. It's not up to me. He's not, God's not going to come down on a regular guy today. No,
0: not on a regular guy. No, no. We're talking about really, what's called sadikim gemurim. We're talking about guys who are really, almost totally righteous. These are the ones, you know. Because in the end, they want God to be strict. So they don't have any kind of embarrassment at all that God deviated from justice.
1: Yaakov wanted to be where it says that um, Yaakov, when he made the promise on Mahar HaMariya, that, that if Hashem protects him, then he will <coughs> do certain things. Yeah. And one of them was uh, that Hashem should be Elohim. And I've heard, and I haven't seen it inside, but I've heard that he was accepting on himself, Midas Hadin, that Hashem should treat him a yeah. lot more with Midas Hadin than with Raqq.
0: Yeah, because he doesn't want embarrassment in the future world. That God, you know, God, uh, you know, bent over backwards, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? So that's the, why.
1: People who are not tzaddikim and gaborim, where's the? Na- what happens to the nam- I think the Sufa, because they can't survive. Under
0: death. They won't survive if God doesn't exact some type of mercy. Okay. so you know, once there's mercy. You know, in the beginning, look, there was there's a hadras that says, you know, in the, the when the Torah refers to God, it refers to him as Elohim, right. and then it refers to him as Yud Kevavkei because he had to mix in rachmanus, mercy, or else nobody survives.
1: Right, you said that, that's uh, what's called a once necessity. Once rachamim happens, then there's nama ni What? Once rachamim happens, then there's nama ni Yes. But for people who can't survive without nama ni how do they get tika?
0: For people who can't what? Get,
1: people who can't survive without rachamim, how do they get rid of their nama ni
0: Probably what happens, that's a good question actually, you know. The same
1: question which is ancillary to that, is isn't Rachamim, not removal of justice, but an alteration of justice to make it more survivable. Yeah. So really, personally, will be getting justice. Just, for example, it'll be spread out, or...
0: Yeah, but the fact that they can survive without justice, even if it be for one day, automatically, is God is bending so over backwards.
1: Happens. So what's the in that thing? So uh, let's, let's say now there's five
0: percent. Yeah, I know. It, it maybe it, it could be that um, uh, nothing, yeah. nothing, yeah, nothing that, is mistaken. Maybe, mis- maybe he goes
1: to the tzaddik.
0: Maybe the tzaddik now has to be mistaken. Yeah, yes. maybe. Yeah, you know, there's a that's there an alternative way. You just
1: don't get that on in
0: half. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, it is, It could be that maybe somebody else will have accepted his judgment, where there is no mercy, and that, in a certain sense, will alleviate. He's not an you know. But uh, a there will be work. Well, whatever, you God says I'll
3: be gracious to who I'll be yeah. gracious. That my ways are not your ways. Either. Yeah. Well, want but to that's you know. the
0: question. Uh, in any case, so um, so th- this is really, in many ways, the fundamental idea of how the world operates. <clears throat> Now what's also very important is there's a problem here, what is the problem? The problem is this, what happens if a guy, his majority is good, right? So he will get the future world, yes, Mm -hmm. because his majority is good, but wait a minute, what happens if, so if a guy's majority, let's assume his majority is 90% good, right? And he's 10% bad. So therefore, the 10%, which is the minority, correct, has to be dealt with in this world. Which means that uh, either he does tshuva, repentance, and if he doesn't repent, then he has to go through suffering, which is the way he can be atoned. But that's for a person whose minority is, let's say, very small. Most of his good, and his minority is, you know, very little. He's got 90% great, good, and he's got 10% bad. So therefore, if he doesn't do tshuva, and he has to experience suffering, then the suffering in this world will compensate. In other words, the suffering that he gets in this world can in many ways erase, right, the, uh, the debt of being bad. But what happens if a guy is 51% good, 49% bad, Right? And he doesn't repent in any way, right? Well, what what what's God going to do with this guy? I mean, how many times can you kill a guy? You know what I'm saying? I mean, how much suffering? Look, physically, a person can suffer a certain amount, but if the suffering goes beyond what he can endure, he dies. So, what happens if his 49% means that you have to suffer, you know, terribly where well, he can't even survive? Naturally, he can't survive. So then what's he going to do? You see? So it comes out that you can't even give him suffering here because in a natural way he can't survive. Because he got 49% bad. You see? So that becomes a real big problem. You see? So what does God do? So what the God did is very interesting. What the Rosham did is very interesting. You know? He said, okay, you know, if you have a minority of bad, but the minority is not so big, so you can suffer in this world and you don't repent. So the suffering in this world can alleviate, right, all the sins that you did. But what happens, like I say, if it cannot alleviate the suffering, uh, the suffering cannot alleviate because there's an enormous percentage, even though it's a minority of bad, then God created a spiritual suffering in the world of souls that's the concept of Gehenna that's really what it is you see and over there you can subject the guy to much greater suffering because he can't die he's already dead you know what I'm saying there's no problem here with death you know because the suffering takes place and we are in the world of souls right when you go to Gehen a person goes Gehenna his neshama goes to Gehenna. There's no body there, right? He can't die, like I said, he's already dead, right? Yet in that world he can suffer much greater than in this world, you see, and therefore expiate all the bad that he did. So what that, so the concept of Gehenna is an unbelievable chesed, kindness, you see. So it, what it does, it, it ensures that almost everybody can get the future world. Because as long as you have a majority. But even if you have a majority of 51% and 49%, right, is really bad, yes, then that 49% now has a place that he can be expiated, can, uh, uh, atoned for. You see how it works? And that place is called gehenem hell, whatever you call it, whatever the English word. Uh, you know purgatory and so on that's the English word for it, right um, and over there you can subject a guy to much greater suffering than this world because like I say he can't die he's dead you see so because so what God did is he created a place that can basically erase even a major minority of bad you see so in that sense if it wasn't for Gehenna a lot more people would never be in Oyinah Mahabal. You, you know what I'm saying? Because they can't expiate their bad stuff because it's just too great. You see what I'm saying? So therefore, the fact that God created a in the soul world a purgatory, a place where they can't suffer, far more than this world, so therefore, even those people basically who have, who have the majority of good, but a very big minority of bad can also expiate which means it can be atoned for and they can get the future world very important concept of the concept of Gehenim. Gehenna allows many people who would, who would have really difficulty getting into the future world right it allows them to get into the future world because there's now another situation or place that they can atone for what they did so it comes out that as long as you have a majority, you know, and even if it's a very big minority of bad, evil stuff, it can be expiated. You see, which is interesting, you know. So that's one major way that people can get into the future world, and that is why most people get into the future world. You see. Now there's a second way you see and that way is called Gilgal reincarnation what reincarnation does is it'll, it brings you back right and it really does two things if you didn't finish your job of tikum, whatever your assignment was right if you didn't finish it in one lifetime then you can come back and finish it in a second lifetime or a third or a fourth and so on so you you have many it's like taking an exam you know, you failed, so they allow you to take the exam over again. Makeup. Test. Makeup, exactly, right? Again and again, it's on. And the concept, therefore, of reincarnation, right, is a tremendous chesed. It's a tremendous act of kindness, because, like I said, you know, it's a, it's a it's a makeup test, you know, and you can repeat the test a thousand times. You see, each time getting closer and closer to the situation where you will have done your tikkun, your rectification, you see. But also, it does the opposite. You can suffer in one lifetime, come back, suffer again. Come back, suffer again. You see? So it works both ways. You know what I'm saying? So you can come back. It's it's a terrible thing to think about. But listen, I imagine if a guy, if you ask the guy himself, listen, in, in lifetime one, you were pretty bad, you know, you, you killed a couple of people. I mean, you're know, really bad stuff, you know. You got a choice, you know. Either we annihilate, you know, either we, we put you through Gehenna, because you got to deal with the, uh, the, that, that minority, you know, so, you know. Or you come back many times and you suffer, you know. What would you, what would you rather have? Got to deal with this bad stuff. Of course the guy's going to say, listen, as long as I get into the club, you know, as long as I get in the future world, okay, you know. I mean, th- th- all this stuff is finite. It'll end someday. And meanwhile, for eternity, I'll be in the future world, you see. So therefore, a guy can come back many times, you see, in a very bad situation. And God, of course, judges that. And that, in many ways, expiates him, even in the physical world. So it's not just the soul world, you see. So when you add, every- when you add everything together... Right? The majority gets you into Ilm Habah. The minority of bad has to be removed. And there's one of two ways. Either you come back in the physical world many times, and in each lifetime you suffer a great deal, or, right, and if that's not enough, right, you can suffer in the soul world, then the Shama suffers, right? And as a result of that, you can also expiate. And they're both. Chesed. They're both tremendous kindnesses that God has created in order to ensure to, that most 99% of the people, right, who have a majority of good, will get into ilm habo. Yeah, uh, Here's the, uh,
3: an example. I got s- 60% bad, 40% good. You negotiate with God and say cut out. No, no, oh, no. Wait, wait. Hear me out yeah cut out the 60 percent bad put it on another soul send me back in yoga take my 40 percent good olam Habor, and i'll deal with those sins in the next lifetime with the 60 percent bad and do chuva.
0: no doesn't work there's, you have to understand something when i say that there is majority there's something else that goes on it's not only how which is the majority which is something else I was going to say uh, anyway now. <coughs> it's not just the number, which means quality or quantity. Uh, well, uh, yeah, so any quantity, you know? <coughs> but it's also the type of sins that God looks at. I'll uh, give you an example, okay, which is very, I'll um, bring this down, okay? It could be that a guy, you know, he's got a majority of mitzvahs or majority of good deeds, whatever that is, right? But he's got a big minority, but he has a, uh, either a large minority of bad deeds, or he may not have a large minority of bad deeds. In other words, he may have 70%, 80% good. The problem is, the 30% or 20% of bad deeds is terrible. Because we're not just looking here at number, We're looking at quality, you see. What happens if the guy was a, uh, you know, he was a thief and a murderer? You know, but funny that he was also good, and he actually has a majority of good. But his bad deeds were so horrendous, right? So then what does God do? So what you have to understand is that God also evaluates the bad deed itself, you see. Also evaluates the bad deed itself. So what he may do is because that person has such really horrendous, terrible, bad deeds, you see, so what, he may, what God may do is that the guy has a majority of good deeds, fine. And those good deeds would give him a certain position or status in the future world, right? Let's assume he did 70% good. And based on the 70%, it's not only enough to get him in, but they actually give him a certain status, uh, an elevated status in the future world, you see. But he did 30%, not just 30%, but it's really horrendous stuff. Okay, so here's what God does. What he's going to do, therefore, is take 15% of his good deeds, right? Because remember, 70 would have given him a tremendous status. So God will take, but because of the 30% of horrendous stuff, God will take 15% of his good deeds, right, and give it to him here in the physical world. So even though he still gets into the future world, because he still has a majority, right, but he cannot in any way complain because God now took the 15% of good, which could have elevated him in the future world in a much higher status. But what God did, he says, okay, I'm going to give it to you here, in this world, so, you know, the guy can become a multi-billionaire, whatever, you know. And therefore, he'll get the future world because that's the majority. However, he could have been much higher, so he's demoted in the future world because he got the good stuff here. Besides the fact that he has to atone for the bad stuff, like I say, the bad stuff was so bad that God says, look, your bad stuff, and God judges. I mean, He knows how to judge. That bad stuff is so good that it so corrupted you, you know, that I cannot allow you to have such a status in the future world. What do you mean? But they're good deeds. Fine. So I'll give it to you here, you see. And that's also a very, very... Uh, uh, um, uh, interesting concept, you know, that God not only measures the number, you see, but He looks at also at the quality of the bad that you did. And we know, you know, let me give you an example. I'm, we're assuming the person doesn't do tshuva, remember, that he doesn't repent. This is a problem. Because if repented, right, then it would help him. God would not do this. But we're assuming he doesn't repent and he's stuck with this terrible deed, now what kind of a deed can be so terrible I mean besides murder and you know and slaughter and all that kind of stuff right one of the terrible deeds is Mesira to inform to the government on what that guy's doing and it's and the Chazal say on Mesira, right on informing to the government that's what Mesira is uh, to inform to the government right hey you know you call up the tax division right I think you work for the tax division and say you know uh, you know, uh, I'm, 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 I'm very annoyed at uh, Ruven, you know. But I want to tell you something, you know. And he calls up the tax division. I'm just showing, you know. And he says, by the way, I think Ruven's cheating on his tax, right? Now, I don't know how, what, work, work, how it works over there. But that's okay. Thank you for the advice. He informed Masira to a government agency that now goes after, let's say, Ruven. And Masira is a terrible sin. I'm not saying, I'm not in any way, uh, you know, uh, making a comment, should a person call the tax. I'm not, I'm, I'm not in any way involved myself, you want know, the right way. I'm just giving an example. Or a guy can say, you know, uh, you, know uh, you know, especially today, it's a little more difficult in the old days when there was a king, right? He can call up the king, uh, you know, the ambassador and say, by the way, you know, somebody just said terrible statements about you, right? And all of a sudden, guess what? They go after the guy. And the old days, you can get killed for that kind of stuff. I mean, the classic stories, Reb Shimon. Remember the classic story, Reb Shimon by Yehoy. They were talking about the Roma. He was there with I think Papa Spen Yehuda and and uh, and Reb Yehuda, Reb Shimon, Reb Yehuda, and, and and I think and, uh, and Papa Spen Yehuda, whatever. They were talking about the uh, the uh, the Roman government, you know. And uh, one of them said, I think. Uh, uh, Papa Ben Yehuda said um, one of them said ah, the, 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 the Romans they look what they did they built roads and all that you know and uh, one of them was silent and the other one uh, Rab Shimon he said whatever they do they do for themselves you see and I think it was Papa Ben Yehuda he went, he went home he didn't, and he didn't, didn't call up the government and say you know what Rab Shimon Ba Yehoi said about you he said it to his family by the way Rab Shimon but somehow that leaked out, you know, the government found out and Rav Shimon had to run away for 12 years in that cave because he was most to him. He, uh, he informed on him, even unwittingly and by accident. But that type of a sin to inform in terms of the authorities of what you did is a terrible deed and it, it's so terrible that they say Gehenim Kola that Gehenna will run out of fire long before you stop suffering that's what they say on Mesira very bad, very bad in fact there was a tremendous amount of moisture in the time of Chazal and they made a bracha, the 19th bracha it's called a malchim. and to the informers there shouldn't be any hope could you imagine to make a bracha in Shemun Esrei to get these guys, could you imagine every Jew who davenes every day is davening that the Malchimim should be destroyed? It's it's incredible, you know, because in those days apparently there were a lot of Jews who were informing on other Jews. You see, so that type of a deed, you see, can easily kill you, besides destroy your life. You know, because we're not talking about you know, uh, telling somebody else what you said about them. No. You don't about a government authority saying that. And so it's, uh, So that kind of a deed is terrible, you see. And what that could be is that God was okay. I, the majority of what you did is good, believe it or not. But since you did this, you know what I'm saying? I will deduct from your status in the future world, right? And I'll take away the good, give it to you here or the next life, whatever God does. But you are in—you are held in an incredible inferior position in the future world. You see, which is uh, which is uh, when you think I mean, it's, it's amazing, because and I'm just giving an example of Sira, which is a terrible sin. Which, uh, like I said, uh, with Chazal, they ordained a brocha in Shmona Esri to get rid of these guys and so on. You know, but um, uh, so this is clearly. One of the anhogas of the Rabban Islam Of what he will do So God weighs not just every, the amount of sins But he looks at the type of sin you did And some of them are re- literally Just beyond belief You know what a guy does You know uh, That's why And unfortunately you know You find a lot of Messirah, Terribly among Jews You know Especially it's a guy wants to build something In his backyard You know and all of a sudden, the guy calls up the uh, the uh, whatever the authorities, right? Why? Township. Yeah, calls up the township. Say hey, this guy's building a, a whatever, a sukkah, whatever. You know, some they, syrup. They don't realize that they are subjecting themselves, even if they get they, they don't even if they get O'idim Hapa, they are going to be in an inferior status. You know, in olim haba. Why would they do that? They have no concept of the incredible danger that they are putting themselves in by being moissa, by being, uh, what do you call it? Um, informing on, on other Jews. It's one of the worst things you can do to a Jew is inform on him to a government authority. I'm not talking about somebody who commits a crime. Don't get me wrong, you know. On the contrary, a guy commits a crime, a guy's a predator, you know what I'm saying? Molester, a child molester. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about something which is not, necess- not really a crime in that sense, you know, where he's harming others. It's just that he, he did something, you know, which is, uh, uh, you know, maybe illegal, but it's not a criminal uh, kind of thing, you know. And is a very serious uh, crime. There are all kinds of laws about that, but you would see it. Concerned Chazal, you know. I mean, if you have a, gri- a grievance against somebody, there are ways of doing that, you know what I'm saying. Then take them to Bezdin. You know so they'll they'll look at you fairly you know you go call up the government the authorities in the government god knows what they can do to you know and, i mean the, the people have been destroyed you know literally because of people informing on them to the uh, higher authorities and so on and so forth you know but in any case uh so that's what Ram Khal says you can deduct your status and your position in the future world you know even if you have the majority And even if you get into the future world, you know, if you're going to sin, make it light. (laughs) You know, like they say Miller Light, right? You know, make it light. Don't do the sins which are terrible, you know, horrendous and so on, you know. That's a very, very unwise course. What was that?
1: Don't it's, be a big rush. Be well, be a don't be a rush. But there's also like the what? I heard a Chazal that said that don't that if a person feels himself that he if he eventually <coughs> succumbs whether, right away he comes to the Yitzhahara he should dress himself in all black and he should
0: go out, so, out somewhere else.
1: So it's, it's something where he should basically <clears throat> minimize the experience as much as possible. Even if, even if a person finds. I don't know if, if it's... Really well, because then it's not as... Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if, if, I'm, if I just heard from somebody offhand or if it's an actual... But if a person should, should should basically minimize do things to a, minimize the sin, the, the sin. Yeah. The pleasure and to somehow make him realize <laughs> put in the back of his mind the whole time this is something that's wrong.
0: Yeah, let me so tell you and I'll uh, close, close with this. this. This is brought down by I think Rav Schwadron. Uh, I, I, uh, anyway, there was a, st- a story where there used to be a town, um, and there was a moyser, terrible. He used to, whatever, whenever he had the opportunity, he would call up the government or whatever agency was responsible, and he got, you know, and he was, uh, I think it was named Yossel the Moyser. He even called him Moyser, you know, you know, and so, you know. Uh, so the Koshnitzah, I think it was the Koshnitzah Magid, he used to travel, he was an itinerant, maggid. means he used to travel from town to town, and uh, he asked, well, what's wrong in this town? They would tell him, you know, and, and he would get up there and give a whole drush up. You know, everybody came because he was very famous, you know. I think Koshin is a you know. So uh, he once came to this town that this Yosel the Moisa was in, and they said, a, we have a terrible problem. we got a Moisa here, an informer, you know. St- what do we call him? A st- uh, uh, a, a stool pigeon, pigeon you know whatever rat. yeah, rat whatever you know it's a common language but anyway yeah. uh, so the cousin Samag got up and <clears throat> he talked about Mesira the ownership of Mesira you know what God does I mean he really gave it his all as they say <clears throat> anyway uh, and then he left the town you know and then uh, he, when he, when he uh, again, uh, went around to speak, a couple of years later actually, he came to the town, you know, and he wanted to find out what happened to Yosel de Mursa, you know, what happened to you, you know. So he went around asking, you know, before he was going to speak, he says, uh, where's Yosel de Mursa, you know. So he said, Yosel de Mursa? There's no Yosel de Moisa here, you know. So like he was shocked. What do you mean, no mercy? This guy was like the worst, you know. So he went around asking and so on. So one guy said, Yosel the Mercer? There's no Yosel the there's Yosel the Tzaddik. You know, the Tzaddik, you know. So he said, Yosel the Tzaddik? What are you talking about? Yeah, he used to be a Mercer, but now he became, he davens all day, he learns there all day, you know. So the, the, so the Maggid says, wait a minute. I want everybody in the town to come to the drush I'm going to give. Gather them all up in the big shul. So they all gathered in the shul, you know. <clears throat> and the, in, in, the front, the, the, in the front was Yosel the Tzaddik, you know. So the the Maggid uh, got up at the pulpit, the bima, the whatever. And he looked at Yosel the Tzaddik, right. And he said, You are a Tzaddik, you are a Russia Marusha. He gave that guy, you're gonna burn in Gehenum. you have no idea what's gonna happen to you. You're the most, one of the most evil people that I've ever seen. You're a Russian Marusha. And, and, and Yossel Tzaddik, like he was like, and the town couldn't believe what was going on. You know what I'm saying? Because he had changed, you see? So then he said to him, Even though you've changed, why are you still a Russia? Because you didn't ask any of the people for Mechila. Who cares what you do? What you did was terrible between a man and his neighbor. You never asked them for Mechila, you know? So he got up, so he said, you know, get up, turn to the whole town in the shul there, and you have to ask Mechila from everybody. And he was, like, crying, he was like, as I always mention, you know, and he, he said, uh, And the town was because he had done tshuva. He said, oh, now you're also the tzaddik. It just shows you, you know, you can't play around, you know. You, uh, this is a very important concept of Ben Udom Haveri. You know, you want to be a tzaddik and all of a sudden do tshuva, fine. But how many lives did you destroy, you know, how much evil did you do when you wore that moisa? You gotta ask the Mechila, you know? But in any case, it's, that's the that's story with the Qashen Samagit, but in any case, um, it's very important to know that God weighs the sin itself. It's not just the number. There are certain averis which are terrible for the person. And what the bunch will do, that even though you get Eulim Haba, which is interesting, you know, because you've got a majority, but you've got a terrible minority, and He will deduct your Eidam Haba, which you should know one thing. That's the worst thing that can happen to you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like saying, okay, until now I would have given you a billion dollars, and now I'll give it $10, I mean, you $10,000. Know, mean, That's the equivalent, you know? Because Eidam Haba is where everything is at. That's the greatest state you could be in. So for, from God to deduct, and then give you the reward here, and as a result of that, you have no claim. You know, of course, it's going to be a big reward because, you know, when you deduct something from Ilam Haba, you know, and it's all of a sudden translated or transformed into this world, it's going to be an incredible thing. You know, you're going to have this business that's going to get going to... did you
3: know there was a deduction
0: in the place? You don't. That's why you have to be careful. I'm I'm just, the Ramchal is bringing that as one of the actions of God. Yeah, we we don't, I'm giving you one example of Masira, you know, and there are certain sins which are terrible, you know, and so on. And the the thing interesting is that there are, are, what do you call it, uh, complexities. There are many people that have a majority good, you know, in certain sense they're very good. But in other things they do terrible deeds. Now, you know, so I'm giving you an example of Masira as one of the deeds and the Chazal really, you know, speak very terribly harsh about Amos and so on, you know. But there are others. There are others. But I'm, therefore I'm saying that you, you know, even when a person does a sin, that is also part of the mix, as they say, about what God does and what He determines. So that's a very important idea. The concept that you, you can actually be in the future world, right? You can actually be there. But what you get is not necessarily always dependent on the majority. The minority of bad does make a determination of the extent of your Elam Habo. It's a very important idea. And so on, you know. Yeah, guys?
2: Why is it that it, <coughs> part is, as a The what? Why? What's, we understand a Maoistian informer, how serious said that Jews are yeah. harm physically. Shh. Why does Chazals apparently put Someone who lends his money on ribbis, also there's a possibility in that lochay, isma. What's this? They both money. Well, One guy lends another guy money on ribbis. They're
0: both very happy about it. But, why? For that, you have to money? go into the whole concept of why can't you take interest on a loan that you lent, right? What does it indicate? You know what I'm saying? But uh, but uh, for whatever, I, I'm I'm going to go there now. Yeah, in fact, the, the, that whole valley didn't get up. In uh, 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 Yecheskel, when he raised the bones of the whole valley, yeah, I mean, that? Yeah, that one of the the one, of the one did not get up. That's right. Yeah, that's bad and, news. And the
2: guy Penny Rivers is happy to pay the rivers. He, he can do his loan, his business now. He needs a loan.
0: Yeah, you know, I, 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 I probably uh, look. There, you, there's a lot to think about in terms of Rivers, Why is it so severe and so on? You know, but what, prob- but what but what probably is. Probably, you know, it's it's just a thought, you know, although we're off topic, you know. All Jews are brothers to each other. You don't take interest from your brother. That's what it is. Because we fail to understand the true nature of the relationship that a Jew has with a Jew. You're not looking, we we think, ah, it's another guy, it's another person, you know, hey, I'm going to make money off him, you know. But he's not. You know what it say? If you have to... He's... Because in fact the Torah used that term. If your brother gets poor. What do you mean your brother? If the Jew gets poor. No, no. Your brother. People... If you, right? If your brother came over to you for a loan, would you take interest from him? Of course not. You'd, you'd say, hey, how much do you need? You know? And so on, you know? That's probably the underlying concept, you know? You do not lend money to another Jew with interest. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because he's your brother. That's the real relationship that he has with you. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't take interest from your brother. What are you taking it from a Jew? And obviously a guy who's lending money, right, needs the money for whatever reason, right? He's desperate. He needs the money. He's short on cash, cash flow, whatever it is, right? You know? So, uh, therefore, the God says, listen. This person is really your brother. He's family. You don't lend, you don't lend interest on family. I mean, you, don't, you don't charge interest on family. And you have to understand that. So therefore, the, that mitzvah is a derivative of the real relationship that Jews have to each other. You see? And listen, that's what the Baruch Hashem said. And therefore, you can't do that. And so on, you know. Uh, in any case, you know, but anyway, so th- we see therefore that it, it's not simple. You know what I'm saying? That you can actually disturb your Elam Haba, you know, by doing certain things which are, are terrible. And unfortunately, there are Jews. There are Jews that in, in certain ways, they're very good. But there's certain Jews, like I pointed out, Messira, you know, informing. They'll inform on their neighbor. And the guy will get in terrible, terrible trouble. You know, not because it's a criminal act. Let's say it was illegal. You can't do that. You know what I'm saying? If you have a thing, so take them to a bestin' or whatever. But you don't subject them to something which can be vicious with them and destroy him. And believe me, that's what most of the time, that's exactly what was in the olden days. You know, the kings and all those feudal lords and all that. You know, you got on their bad side. You were finished. You know what I'm saying? It's a, you know, God forbid uh, the, those kind of guys, you know, uh, the, 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 remember the, the lord of the manor you know, you got on his bad side, he can destroy you. For what? Because anyway, a lot of these people don't practice justice. Remember, there's a big difference between just justice and legal. This is the problem. There's an unfortunate, there's a lot of laws in America that are illegal, but there's no justice. What do you words, Justice means a true compensation or a true reciprocity, you see? But there are many laws that don't make sense you know what i'm saying and what are you doing why why are you exacting this type of law you know uh, remember the concept of legality or illegal legality or illegality is a decision uh, by let's say the the courts or the congress or whatever but who says that's just you see only the terror is just so mankind has to try to be just that was the problem you know if everything was truly just that's one thing but there are so many laws that are not just, you see, that, you, that the, the punishment is far more severe than what you did. You see? I mean, think about that. You know, if you look, look at the, compare the Torah laws to the laws of the country and so on, you know. There are many laws of the Torah that it's punishment, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but you look at the laws of the country, that give you 30 years in prison. You know what I'm saying? How do you get 30 years in prison? You know, in the Torah, you did a sin, you get 39 makas, <coughs> lashes. You know, so it's, it's a setback. There's no question about that, right? You need a doctor and all that, right? I mean, whatever, right? But then you go on with your life, you know? You put a guy in 20, 30 years in prison, that's the end of his life. But he's, you know, the purpose is to live and do tshuva and to go on with your life doing mitzvahs. Not spend 30 years behind bars. I mean, the concept of incarceration in many ways is insane. I mean, look. Don't get me wrong. <coughs> there are certain uh, crimes which, of course, you know, in, uh, incarceration makes sense. But there are many crimes. You know, you look at the terrorists. What the terrorist says is the punishment, whatever. And you look at the the court system. What the punishment is? I mean, it's crazy. I mean, what thirty years in prison? That's the end of his life. You know. You, you, you just close it down. For what? You know? I want to tell you something. That's why the America makes a tremendous mistake. Best type of, uh, of punishment is what that? Corporal punishment. In Singapore, there's no crime. Because in Singapore, they have moccas. They have lashes. You know, a guy before he commits a crime will think 40 times in Singapore before he does it than he does in America. You see? Because in Singapore, because when a person knows that he will be physically punished that's much worse when a guy knows okay i'll go to prison for you know first of all he can beat it he can plea bargain i mean there's so many different you know maybe they won't catch him and even if they do you know they'll throw it out judge will throw it out and if he doesn't throw it out he can plea bargain you know get a year or two you know and even if he has to go to prison you know he'll have a television in prison you know and all the other stuff that they give them, you know, some of the places, whatever, you know. Uh, okay, you know, and then, they, then you can learn a lot how to commit more crimes because there's so many experts in prison. You know, you know what a school, what a, you, know, like, you know, they ought to give graduate degrees, they ought to give PhDs. Yeah, yeah, they ought to give PhDs in how to become a criminal in a lot of these prisons because these guys are experts, you know. But, uh, but, but, you know, incarceration, you can do it to certain people, but it's wholesale in America. And what happens is you destroy the guy. You know, 20 years, what is to spend one year in prison? It's frightening. Five years? I mean, the average crime is what, 10 years in prison or something like that? Five, 10 years? Uh, 10 years of a man's life, you know? hey. Give him 39 lashes and he won't do it again. Believe me, he won't do it again. You know, but put him in prison. Whoever we'll come up with these ideas of putting him in prison, you know? You know? But anyway, okay, that's a whole One discussion. So, on.
3: back on Gilko, Am I correct in saying that yeah. there's very few pure souls down in, in Jews now? There are Jews that are right now
0: very few people Yeah, we're, we're, we're basically so all, we're all recycled So
3: all
0: of us are damaged goods oh, I hate to use the word damaged goods well, Let's just say we are need we are in need of repair Better way of looking at it you know? You One
2: question on a Pasha? Yeah yes, My mother, she was in elementary school in public and in 20s She had an Irish teacher, most of the place was George in Brooklyn Ps 179, M U C. you see. Irish teachers sent to the class <coughs> out of nowhere. How can Rebecca pull the wolf, literally? Maybe that's where the expression came. Fooled <coughs> Isaac. He wanted to give the blessing to Asa. I think they know that Asa was their forefather. How could this woman, the mother, fool pull, pull the righteous father to give the blessing to the wrong son, of, take advantage of the blind father in his class of Jewish girls and boys. And my mother was shot. you know, all the kids were shot. I, so what the answer? I don't know, I don't an answer? It was like sixth grade, you know what I mean? But we have the same question. What is the deeper meaning? Why did Hashem play it out to Rivka? Had to intercede to pull the wool over. I mean, are, it's, a, it's a mind-boggling. Well yeah, look
0: there there are, there are, there are, <laughs> look, there, there are many answers, many to this question. You know, fundamentally
3: you got two hours
2: now? Two? Two? <laughs> Seventeen shirman. I, yes. heard.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it of them? <laughs> Look, yeah, there's a long, a lot of stuff, but you have to remember one sorry. thing. First of all, Yaakov bought the Bechira. Gotcha. That's it. Yeah. It was his. Yeah. And the blessings that, uh, that Yitzhak was going to give of were the blessings for the Bechira, for the firstborn. Right? That's, that's number one. Second thing, right? Second thing, which you have to remember, Asa was an incredible Russia. He was an evil person, right? He killed people. He was a murderer. He murdered people. He also uh, was a uh, um, uh, he was adultery uh, adultery committed left and right. That was his favorite one. His adultery, <laughs> you know. I, he, he was a he was a very bad person. You know, <coughs> imagine. Imagine Yitzchak giving the, this type of bracha of, what was the bracha? Tremendous success in the world. Right? Tremendous success. What would Eiseb do with that bracha? He would be a very successful mafia don. <laughs> right? would be- he would be the head of the mafia. That's, and, and he would be successful. Because Yitzchak gave him the bracha to succeed. That's, in, that's, that's suicide. <coughs> you know what I'm saying? So really when you think about that, the worst possible thing that Yitzchak could have done was give nebrach to Asaph. Now, you know where you really see this? And I'll just finish with this. Because it says when Asaph came by Yitzchak, right? And he said to Yitzchak, so Yitzchak said, Who are you, right? You know, you know? So Asaph said, What do you mean? I'm I'm your firstborn Asaph. <coughs> so it says there a very unusual thing. It says, it says, and Yitzchok had this unbelievable attack of fear. An incredible attack of fear. Now, here's what doesn't make sense. Think about that. Uh, if you, it, what should have been the normal emotional reaction of Yitzhak? <coughs> that he realized that Yaakov deceived him. His son, Yaakov, deceived Yitzchok, And Yitzchok knew it. Because here Esau was saying, give me the bracha, right? So immediately he deduced that the guy who did take the bracha was Yaakov, <coughs> and Yaakov said, "Ani I'm your firstborn, Esau. I was, You know. So what should have been the normal reaction of Yitzchak? He should have been livid with rage, right? Imagine a guy makes a utter fool out of you. He 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 lies to you. Right? He lies and, and then he tries to con you Into giving him a blessing And the blessing of Yitzhak Was better than a bank I mean, you know It's very powerful stuff You know It's better than a CD in a. Ba- it was more guaranteed Than a CD in a bank Right? So, uh, so Yitzhak should have been livid with rage Right? That's he should have been so angry He said, what? How could he have done this to me? I'll get him back. Or, or something like that, right? I'm going to punish him, right? Instead, hey, we got the wrong emotion here. <clears throat> it says Yitzchok had this unbelievable fear. Yes? Yitzchok <speaking> in <Hebrew> an incredible fear, admi <speaking> oid, <in Hebrew> and there's another adverb. Right? How do you understand that? And the answer is that Yitzchok, even though he knew Esav wasn't completely... Uh, he was, certainly was not a tzaddik, and Esav was a big sinner. He knew that, but he didn't know the extent of the evil of this man. So all of a sudden he realized that he, was almost, he almost gave this bracha, which is a blessing of incredible success to one of the most evil people at that time. Could you imagine what Asaph would have become With that blessing? So he realized he almost distri- he almost. How many people with that kind of success Would Asaph have killed? How many wives would he have taken? Right? I mean you're about, uh, you don't want You know, I mean Asaph made uh, John Gotti Look like a kindergarten teacher yeah, you know, with Aesop, Look, Asaph was a brilliant guy You know, he's brilliant And he had the power of a, Of he was a very powerful man you know he wasn't he wasn't just your local thief you know and imagine giving a blessing to John Gotti and saying I want to bless you with material wealth success in all your endeavors can you you believe this? right? we laugh at this because it's absurd you know you know how many people are going to die because of that blessing or how many people are going to be lynched or whatever right? think about that and Yitzhak realized that. He almost gave Asa that blessing, which would have been enormously compound the evil of this man. And who knows how many victims would have suffered as a result of that. That's why Yitzhak realized thank God I didn't give him that bracha. So, therefore, the panic or the fear was because of the realization what happened? I almost gave him that blessing. You see, that's panic, fear of what he would have caused. to So many people had he given that to Yitzchak, uh, to Esau. To you see, now it makes sense. So therefore, Rebekah knew that. Rivka knew that. She said, what's going to happen here? You know, you know, and um, I mean, there are other questions, but basically she said, hey, you must take, not only is it yours, you must take it because you're going to kill a lot of people. You know, who knows what Esav is going to do to the world if he has that blessing from Yitzchak. He's what's called unstoppable. That's why Yitzchak had this incredible fear, which meant that Rivka was right, of course. He realized that Rivka was right, or he realized that Yaakov. And then, when it says, then right after this incident, Yaakov, yeah, yeah, he says, "Okay, I'm gonna kill Yaakov when when my father dies." Right? And then, Esa, then Yitzha, Yaakov goes back to Yitzchak and he blesses him again. You know, where's the where's the anger at having been conned? You don't see no anger here, because that's that's why the passage itself shows you. That what yeah that that what what uh, what uh, Yaakov did was right and what uh, uh what he called what Rifka did of course was right there you are. the posik itself declares what what the story is all about you know what I'm saying they should have answered that
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay.
4: to go back just to the concept that you said of, of, of uh, it's basically the concept of uh, tzaddik toivron uh, and so and, and uh, no, toivron the tzaddik ve'alot. Hashem yeah. goes the other way around also. The if what? The tzaddik has a big majority of good deeds and a few of people could give him a bad world here, yeah. give him a <coughs> bigger status. Yeah, yes, that's from the, the well, the ma-
0: No, no, no. What the tzaddik did in terms of his deeds, <coughs> that's his olim haba. But the uh, the main thing is to get rid of the sins.
4: Yes, that's what I mean. Oh, uh, 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 why? Oh, just like no,
0: problem. no, you don't get a better Oil Mahabur. What you get is you remove the obstacles from... You don't go to Gehinov. G- well, you don't... Because if, if you don't remove the Chatoim, then these serve as obstacles of enjoying God, of Drakus. So you remove that, so that whatever Oil Mahabur he did get through his good deeds, he can enjoy it, yeah. He can enjoy it, sure.
4: Also, when you, when you talk about gilru, it's complicated because you come back say, a second time Yeah, instead of going to Gehino. You have 64. Which is worse, no, physical no. or Gehenna? You come back here uh, to suffer again, but you can change all the numbers. You can make a or you can make Mitzvahs. If you make Mitzvahs, it won't be 64, it's going to be 80, 20. Or if you make Averos, it's going to get yeah, worse. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean um, yeah, it's the problem. Yeah,
0: okay, so obviously gradual. God takes make that... Yeah, so God takes that into uh, I've, I've a that system. Given the choice, you know,
1: Dishamma would always take Ganem because it's more—it's it's sure. more—it's it's more, it's safer.
0: Safe, uh, <laughs> well, because he can't sin again, him. <laughs> yeah. well, you never know; some guys <laughs> actually you can sin again.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Some people, when they have to come back, they ask to come back as as a uh, and stuff like that. Correct. So they, they can't exactly. Yeah. Physical.
0: Well, they come so back. Unfortunately. I mean, the real, the, you know, people really sin, who have a lot of, uh, you know, like 48% bad, right? So they don't come back just in general. They come back retarded. I mean, really, really, really severely handicapped. Those are the people who are really severely handicapped. Where they basically, they come back just to expiate. That's the end of it.
1: I, I, I heard that those were tzaddikim because they have to <clears throat> accomplish something and Hashem wants to make sure that they don't do any ruin what they already have just the opposite, they're tzaddik. These rules go for. You know. You don't know. You don't rules know. Rules. Not everybody's either a tzaddik. Way. Yeah, either way. way. Exactly. It
0: could be, it could be either, either way. way. Who says it's tzaddik? These Some of them God are, God. that's true. So they just have to remove... But, I, but I'm not talking about a, 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 a child, an infant, let's say, that dies after three months. That's a tzaddik. But somebody who survives, you know, lives, and he dies at 30 or 40, having terrible, you know, emotional, mental problems. I don't they see that. You know. I don't see that. No, no, no. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be that way. It wouldn't be that way.
1: These you know. rules go for
3: non-Jews too? Same thing? The what? These these rules go for non-Jews also? Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Eventually it would go, yeah.
2: A retarded non-Jewish
0: child? Yeah, they, they suffer, sure. It's a terrible he, suffering.
2: He was yeah. So can I take him as
0: Yeah, well you don't know, because you don't know if that's... He has to suffer and then be annihilated. It's not necessarily, you know, because of that. Remember, everybody has to get rid of their sins. The question is, do they get the future world? So they have to have a majority. But uh, they have to even... No matter who you are, whatever sins you have must be expiated. Now, if your majority is sin... You still have to expiate it. Doesn't make a difference. That's justice, you know. So either, so you know, take a guy like Hitler, you know, you know, he 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 can he can live a thousand lifetimes and he still cannot expiate what he did. Now, how do you expiate fifty-five million people? That's how many people died in World War Two, because that man lived. Uh, fifty-five million people, not just six million Jews, but fifty-five million people died in World War Two. How many
4: suffered?
0: You know. And that's them. And then how did they die, right? And what about all the kids that they would have had? And the generation that would have come after them? I mean, we, we can't even ma- imagine what this man did. It's incomprehensible. Only God knows. So I don't care. You send him back, you know, uh, you know 400 lifetimes. And in each one, he comes back terribly handicapped and whatever. It's not enough. You know, it's not enough, you know, I mean, uh, he's probably, he's in Gehennam to, uh, to, to this day. You know what I'm saying? And then after he finishes them, it's gone. You know what I'm saying? All these guys have no idea what's waiting for them, uh, you know? So we don't really know, you know, uh, and so on, you know, I what the story is. The
3: link from my pack on the high holy days in the lake, I thought I got rid of it.
0: Uh, You remind me of this story, you know. There was once a Rebbe, a a Rebbe, you know. He was, uh, you know, on, on, uh, what do you call it, Uh, Tashlech, you know. So he's throwing the stuff, you know. And not everything went into the water, because there was a wind, someone would come back on the floor, you know. So he turns around, he sees one of his Hasidim. You know what I'm saying? Picking up his crumbs. You know, whatever came back in land. She says to the chosele, I, I don't stand these are my Averis. What are you picking up, crum- you picking up my Averis for? He says, I want to tell you something, Rebbe, you know, maybe to you the Averis, but to me, your Averis are mitzvahs. Alavi, I should have your type of Averis. To me, it's a tremendous mitzvah.